Hello and welcome! You are listening to the Hypnobot podcast with me, Claire Smith, a doula and hypnobirthing teacher from Edinburgh. And this is Summer School. It's a two-week series of daily bite-sized episodes to help you cram in as many golden nugget tips for birth in as little time as possible. Because summer's busy. So let's get into it. Hello, hello. This is episode three of Summer School and we are going to be talking today about the importance of environment. Before we get on to that, I just want to quickly say that I am well aware that these episodes have not been coming out daily as promised. I am currently on call for a couple of lovely families. I've also had quite a few in-person clients that I've been working with, so it's just been busy and I realise the irony of creating a mini series of episodes designed for people to listen to when they are busy, but being too busy to actually do them. I realise how ironic that is. I'm going to try and get them out every other day. Um, But otherwise, you can just hang around. There are 15 episodes in total, and I'll be doing them over the next few weeks. And they are all just little mini ones like this. So today, yeah, we're going to be talking about the importance of environment, your birth environment. Now, in the previous episode, I very briefly introduced you to some of your birth hormones. Uh, The most important ones to be considering are oxytocin and adrenaline. So we want to encourage as much oxytocin as possible and limit adrenaline as much as possible. And your environment can be a really amazing tool to help with this. So one of the main things that oxytocin likes is familiarity. When things are familiar, our body and our brain, they know where they stand and it's easier for us to feel safe. Um, And I came up with this wee analogy and I thought it was quite good. So I'm going to share it with you just now. And if you think it's nonsense, you don't need to pay any more attention. But it made sense in my head. So I want you to think about this. Imagine going to a party in a place you've never been before. And it's a party you want to go to. It's nice, the place is nice, but you're not sure where you want to sit, you're not sure where the toilets are, you're not sure what food is on the menu, you know a couple of people, but not many, and yeah, it's a nice place, but everything around you is new. Think about how you feel in that environment, in that situation. For most of us, we're not going to be in like full-blown fight-or-flight mode. Some people might be, but Most people won't be in full-blown fight or flight, but they won't be in their completely relaxed, like, at-ease self either. There will be a bit of activation of your nervous system, and, and that's normal. Even when we're in a place that's nice, that we want to, a place that we want to be, and we're there for a positive reason, our brain, and therefore our body, can be a little bit suspicious. And they're just trying to keep us safe by putting our guard up a little bit, and heightening our senses, heightening our awareness. Now let's think about that in terms of birth. If you are planning to birth in a place that's not your home, an environment that's not going to be familiar to you, whether that's a birth centre, a labour ward or an operating theatre, like I said, that environment is not going to be familiar to you. And even though the logical part of your brain knows that's where you're going to have your baby and that's a good thing and that you want labour to continue to progress there, there's the problem of your nervous system because it's not operating under 
conscious thought. It's instinctive. It's operating of its own accord, regardless of what the rational part of your brain is saying. This part, this um, instinctive part of your brain, it's scanning your environment in a matter of milliseconds without conscious thought. And it's just look at what it's doing is it's looking for danger. It's trying to figure out if this place that you are is safe so that you can relax and surrender to birth. Bright lights, hospital smells, personality-less hospital rooms, conversations with strangers, those are things that do not help your brain to feel safe. So how do we counteract this? What can we do to make that environment feel safe? What, what you want, what you really want to do is just try and come up with a toolkit of cues that your brain can take in and like have as cues for safety. And a really good way to do that is to take bits of your home environment with you. Things like blankets, pictures, affirmation cards, uh, a room spray that you love, your pillow from your bed, your favourite music or hypnobirthing tracks. All of these things are quite often thought of as nice-to-haves. You know, like, oh, that would be nice if we could make the environment nice. But it's not just about them being nice. They have a physical response in your body. They can really help your brain to think, oh, this is my environment. This is my, this is a space that's safe for me. I can see my things around. This place is familiar to me. That means it must be safe. And that's going to physically impact on birth, both like your emotional experience of birth, but also your the physical experience of birth by boosting your production of oxytocin. That is going to help your contractions, which is exactly what we want. So if you're planning a hospital or a birth centre birth, take some home comforts with you. It really will help you to see your room as your room. And regardless of whether you're planning to be at home or in hospital, I would really encourage you to, during pregnancy, envision the environment that you want to give birth in. Think about the vibe that you want to be creating in your birth space. Most trusts will have virtual tours of their maternity facilities online that you can watch through quite short videos, like they'll be less than 10 minutes, but they'll just take you through the birth centre rooms, the labour ward rooms, they'll show you kind of what those spaces look like and they might also talk to you about what's available in each environment, like there'll be different pain relief available in the birth centre versus the hospital. Um, there'll also be different tools available like birth centres quite often have things like aromatherapy um, the midwives there are often trained in things like acupressure massage um, that can be really good to just know and it might help you to make a decision about where you whether you want to go straight to labour ward or whether you want to go to the birth centre and see how you get on there obviously that's if you're not planning to be at home if you're planning to be at home you can just I really encourage you to, in the last few weeks of pregnancy, and it's such a lovely, nasty thing to do, is just find the space in your house that you think, this is probably where I'll spend 
most of my labour? How can I make this comfy? What do I want to have near me? Do I want to have a stack of photo albums that I can look through? I definitely need to have a speaker on charge so that I can listen to things if you're not using earphones. Um, but making sure you've got cushions there. Snacks. Snacks are so important. Snacks are so important. You know, labour is a marathon. You want to be making sure that your muscles are fueled, And it can be really nice to then, once you create that space in late pregnancy, to then spend some time there, um, connecting with your body, with your baby, thinking about pregnancy, thinking about birth. And that can help that space feel familiar for labour. So in labour, your body is already used, or your brain and your body are already used to being in that space, connecting with baby. And, you know, your instinct is such a powerful asset to you during labour and birth. And actually, a point I just want to make here as well is that unless you are having a planned caesarean or a planned induction of labour, you are going to spend a good chunk of maybe even most of your labour at home. So prepare for that because it's something that people don't often consider, even though now, as I'm saying that to you, you probably think, of course, that's just common sense. But the focus is normally always on the intended place of birth, like making preparations for getting there, what you're going to do when you get there to make that place feel like home. Lots of hospital bag checklists, not so many people are talking about what comes before that. Before you decide that your labour is at a point where you want to make the move to either hospital or the birth centre. And the labour that comes before hospital is just as important to consider. It's just as important to be thinking about how you're going to support yourself in those stages. Your body is still doing really important work. Now, you're advised to stay at home until you are in active labour and I'm doing air quotes here. Active labour is very loosely defined as frequent regular contractions around about three in every 10 minutes and each of those contractions lasting around a minute and that can correlate with being around four centimetres dilated which tends to be the magic number for admittance to hospital but just a little public service announcement here uh you don't need to have a vaginal exam to decide to stay in hospital um more on that another day <laughs> um in fact there's already an entire episode devoted to vaginal exams so check that out you're anyway back to what's active labor and what, what's not but your your labor can feel active and you can be working really bloody hard before either of those milestones before you're at three and ten or before you're four centimeters your labor can still be intense and if healthcare professionals use language like oh you're not in labor yet or you're only two centimeters dilated i want you to instantly be reframing their poor word choices in your mind i want you to be thinking i'm already two centimeters dilated my body is working really hard to bring my baby to me and get your partner briefed on this as well so that if you do 
encounter somebody that speaks in that way, then your partner can quickly come in with the verbal reassurance. It's a great first move to be cheerleading for yourself, but it's even more impactful if your partner can be giving you that same reassurance and positivity too. Some labours move faster than others. A long latent phase or early labour is not necessarily or even often a cause for concern. For some people they'll be in that so-called active labour within a few hours of labour starting but for other people it could be much longer, it could be a day or so Um, and it's really normal as well for early labour to be stop-start so for contractions to maybe begin in the evening and kind of last through the night and then to stop in the morning that's really really normal. Um, so with, if we consider that it might be quite a long time, let's think about how we can make your home environment birth friendly. How can you support your labour to continue to unfold at home? Start by preparing yourself a little nook. That can be your space for labour. Somewhere that you can focus on yourself and baby and that you won't be interrupted unless you want to be, (laughs) unless you want somebody popping in and checking on you. But it's a good idea to just kind of get into your own space if you can. Um, And hopefully you can just tune out the world and get yourself off into labour land. Um, And I don't just, by prepare a little nook at home, I don't just mean get a tens machine and have a birth ball knocking about in the corner of your living room. I mean really think about what labouring at home might look for you. Imagine moving around. Imagine what what kind of vibe you want to create for yourself there. Practice moving around. Listen to your tracks in this space. Be in it during the day and in the evening. Does this space feel comfortable at different times in the day? Can you make it dark if it's during the day? And consider privacy as well. Like, is this somewhere that you can be on your own if that's what you need? A good place to start when thinking about creating your little labour nest is to consider the concept of anchoring. And I talked about this in one of my first episodes. It's, I think it's episode six. I did check earlier because I knew I was going to mention this. Um, so, you know, give that a listen if you've got a spare 20 minutes. Um... Or if you've already listened to it, just go again, refresh your memory. And I'm going to leave it here today for talking about environment. Uh, The next episode, we're going to be talking about why being calm matters. And that's going to be looking a little bit at the nervous system, but we're going to be keeping it pretty light. Uh, So yeah, have a lovely weekend, folks. Cheers. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Hypno Walk podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. And you can find out more about what I'm up to by heading to birthingparentsclub.com. See you next time.